Some might say I lack chill. Encounter episode 52. Once again, I'm your host, Mike Salvato, and we are now our second episode after coming back after a very, very long hiatus. So we are continually happy to be here and hope you're enjoying the shows. So if you haven't heard 51 yet, uh, we're going to keep reminding people for the first few episodes at least that our, our goal now is to come back. We're doing slightly shorter shows than we used to in the past, but the idea is to release them every other week instead of, you know, every couple months or so. So we think that's a good trade-off for having slightly shorter shows. So anyway, you might have guessed by now if you're looking that today's topic is Undertale, because it occurred to us while preparing for the revival of the show that this year marks the fifth anniversary, somehow, of Undertale. And even though we featured Undertale profusely in our Music of the Year in 2015, we haven't had a dedicated episode. So this seemed like a good a time as any to do it. So that's what we're talking about today. So today we have me, and I am joined by two people. We have um, Alana Hags. Hello, everybody. And it's really wonderful to be back after such a long time. I know, it still amazes me that you've only been on one episode of Rhythm Encounter. That's just so weird. <laughs> well, I mean, a 2016 me is very different to 2020 me, so I don't know whether you'll be able to shake me now. Oh, that's true. I mean, you are you are signed up for, what, 20 or 30 topic ideas? <laughs> that doesn't mean I'll be on all of them, because everyone will be sick of my voice by that point. Oh, that's not true. Impossible. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Also with us today is a first timer on Rhythm Encounter. Say hi. Oh, oh I, I thought you were going to say my name. Sorry. Oh, I guess I should have done that. Well, now <laughs> you can do it. Hey, it's Joe Padilla from the social media team. What's up? Well, we're happy to have you here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, Joe is not a stranger to podcasts if you've listened to our other podcasts, but uh, they are a stranger to this show, but I guess... To be fair, our staff now is very different than it was three, four years ago. So I think we're going to have a lot of new uh, voices on here. But we are happy to have you. All right. So, again, we're talking about Undertale today. And we're going to have six tracks. Each of us brought two songs to share. So for our first block here, we're going to start with Joe. If you want to introduce the your first track here. Mm-hmm. So this is the very first track on the Undertale OST. It is what plays when you boot up the game. It's called Once Upon a Time, and it's by the creator of Undertale, Toby Fox. Nice. Okay. It, it's a little surprising that... Actually, it's a little surprising that both of your songs in this episode were not featured before. So right. it's, it's good to have mm. it. And then Alana has our next track. 
Um, yeah, so I've gone for a rearrangement of Asgore. This is by Laura Platt. She is a Scottish composer, pianist. Um, this is on her album Undertale Fragments of a Heart, but you can also find it on Materia Collective's uh, Fallen and Undertale tribute as The Last Soul. And I think it's a very different take on Asgore, so I really hope you like it. Yeah, I actually hadn't heard it before this, so I'm excited to get into that. And then I, well, I figured one of these songs has to be slightly less than serious. So I brought a song titled Inner Monologue of a Bird Waiting on the Edge from Fallen and Undertale Tribute. So we're going to cut away now and listen to those songs and come back and talk about them. Thank you. 
nothing seems to change sitting here day in and day out looking across the riverside to the other side and i wait here maybe one day it will make some sense why i sit gazing upon this great divide nothing ever seems to happen on the edge i sit here by myself and dream of a moment of victory one day someone will find me on this edge and then we'll be best friends forever because i've never met anyone hey buddy you look real interested in crossing this disproportionately small divide but it's still a gap and hey you might find that you might need a friend i'm looking for friends buddy i swear i've never met anyone like you well i've never met anyone but my mother who abandoned me by this edge it's okay be here to carry you come on just grab my legs and we'll cross we'll cross together we'll cross the gap come on hey buddy click the button and now we're soaring my god i can't believe that we're finally crossing the gap i finally come to my final purpose and then we're landing on the other side from my edge i gotta say that gap was actually small i can't believe it took me so long to cross it aren't you glad we found each other now we're sitting possibly smiling you know it's kind of hard to tell when the pixels make it kind of hard to interpret and all i can tell is your leaving where you going buddy don't you want to stay and be my friend maybe we can get some nice cream i heard it's really tasty buddy oh <laughs> now i'm alone on the other side of my edge i guess i'll wait for him or her to come back and need me again. I hope they will, cause they're the only person I've ever met. I'm sure we've bonded. One day they'll come back and need help to cross the gap. Well, I hope they do. Cause I kinda miss my spot on the other side. Oh. Well, <clears throat> so I picked uh, Once Upon a Time because um, I really like opening tracks to soundtracks and to video games. Um, I think a really good track just has the power to set you in the mood and the themes of a, of a game or in other mediums in a movie. Um, or into a TV series, it kind of plays as its theme. It is able to 
communicate so much of what this game is in a minute and a half. It's able to communicate this nostalgic yearning that it has. It has this sort of dreamlike quality as you feel like you've fallen into a dream when you're playing Undertale. And I love the way it slowly shifts between its different parts, um, all in the span of 88 seconds or so. I think it's a really incredible track and incredible start to the game. Yeah, I think it really does set the tone. And actually, there's a lot of tonal shifts in Undertale. And, you know, the very first place you go is Ruins. And that's a very upbeat and light track. But this, I remember the first time I played Undertale and heard this and watched the like storyboard play out. I thought it was going to be really creepy and really not unsettling, I suppose, but just the way that the music comes across is very it's fantastical and sweet but at the same time i'm not really sure what's coming next you can tell this is a world full of unusual things and and when i was researching this track a little bit i found out that toby fox partially based this on a track from the original mother on the nes called mother earth which sounds a little bit like it's it's in a higher key, I suppose. Um, they're not too similar, but I guess the way that they use the beat similarly, just the singular notes and the longer drawn out bits are fairly similar. And they do a really good job. I don't think Mother Earth, if I remember rightly, is the opening track of um, Earthbound Beginnings or Mother, but they do a similar job. Um, but yeah, this is like a really, really simple track. And in general, Undertale's soundtrack does start off really simply and begins to build up as you get to some of the boss themes and that and I think this is a really nice tone setter and again once upon a time as the whole of Undertale's soundtrack is is there's tons of leitmotifs throughout and this is one of the key ones and I'm sure if anybody was really observant listening um, you can hear it in probably the next track we're going to talk about afterwards but I definitely want to hear what Mike and see if Joe's got anything else to say about this because I think it's a really I think it's really nice that we're starting off the block with an opening track as well I think that's cool yeah, I totally planned that on purpose. I, I think I think I might have a little bit, but then I forgot that I did that on purpose. But um, yeah, you guys had way better insight into that than I did. Um, so I probably not gonna. I shouldn't say anything, but I'm still going to because I I do like I do like kind of um, well what you what you both said really that it introduces you to this world, but you're not really sure what you're being introduced to. You know, it's kind of this low key, like, you know, let's let's see what's going on here. But I I do think it's interesting listening to it once you've played the whole game or listened to the soundtrack and arrangement albums excessively, like a lot of us have. So it, it's neat hearing that certain themes that start here that you know you'll see show up later on, like all over the soundtrack. Um, but it's it's kind of neat that all that stuff is there from the very beginning, even though you don't know when you're first listening, like, yeah, these are the themes that are going to continue playing and find their way into other tracks later. So it's just, I mean, it, it speaks really to the whole soundtrack that he, there's, there are themes and a consistency throughout it that I think is of course, one of the strengths of the soundtrack. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like he uses so many different ones, but they never sound tired. Like, you know, you've got ruins in, seven or eight different tracks you've got the music from the dummy fight which is a rearrangement of another one and they sound so fresh and like even once upon a time like 
it shows up so much. It shows up in Megalovania and it shows up in Asgore and it shows up in his theme, which funnily enough, we might get to some of those at some point in today's episode. Um, so yeah, I just think it's really credit to him to use those themes so well, because a common criticism I have of some RPGs is that they use the leitmotif a bit too heavy and you can tell quite easily. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but I think the variety on the hand, because Undertale's a huge soundtrack, what is it, like 107 or 102 sound like songs on it? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so the fact that he's able to consistently juggle like six or seven leitmotifs and um, do it so well, and they're not necessarily hard to clock, but I think there's a really, really good thing, to, really strong thing to say about that. Yeah, I, I tend to think a lot of soundtracks, even when they just have like one, it's a lot of them I've heard have you know one to two strong leitmotif that um, that kind of are pervasive. But Undertale plays with so many and uses it in such in a really incredible fashion of um, how they kind of mutate. The context for them is different and the emotional response that provides um, is kind of constantly shifting. As, as you brought up, you know, how, it, uh, how the melody from Once Upon a Time functions in its original song is very different from the feeling it evokes in Megalovania. So, yeah, it's it's really it's really a testament to just how incredible this soundtrack is. I mean, that's why we're doing an episode on it, right? <laughs> right. So, the next song, unless you wanted to start Alana, I have thoughts. Go for it. You can crack on. Okay. Ooh, wow. It amazes me no matter how often you and I talk that I still learn new like um, British expressions because somehow I've never heard that one. <laughs> oh no! Oh. This so is we'll, not the time. Yes, we'll talk about cracking on later. Apparently. Um. <laughs> anyway, so Asgore, I, I there's probably four or five songs that I feel like probably get arranged more than most other ones on the soundtrack, and that is definitely one of them. And I'm okay with that because I will listen to pretty much any arrangement of this song. But I do think, and this isn't even a criticism, but just because of the nature of the song and how it's used, and a lot of the time, it I feel like it gets arranged in more of an upbeat. Like it's you'll hear like rock versions, metal versions, a lot of guitar, and that works. It's great. It's a perfect song for that. But I think the the more low key versions, like this one, are something you don't hear as much, and I think it's I think it's just beautiful. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think without getting into the game too much like i do realize it's five years old but i'm still trying not to give away story stuff in case there's people like me who didn't play it for three to four years but just given the context of that situation and that fight i actually think this is a really good arrangement for that because it's it's not really as a battle that anyone really wants to happen and it's very i don't know I, I'm sure I'm not alone that I felt very conflicted about what was going on there. So having a, a really like kind of low key arrangement of that song, like really, really fit. Yeah, I mean, I read one comment on a video about this song and it really stuck with me. And the person said, 
this is the version of the song that Asgore hears when he's fighting you. And I oh. thought, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Because, again, like, I want to dance around the story, but Asgore is a really kind of tragic figure. And he just wants to live a normal life. And all of the monsters in the underground really respect him. And he tries to discourage you from fighting him. He says, oh, you can do whatever you want. You can explore the underground all you want. And tries to put off fighting him and you. And it just... It's just such a really difficult fight, especially given that Asgore in the game, the song, is... It's a really noble and powerful song, and I think this particular arrangement still keeps that nobility, because I think the drums that come in and the percussion that comes in in the second half manages to keep that kind of steely, I will do this, I will get through this, I will do this for the underground. But there's that sorrow at the beginning, and I think... I think it's really beautiful that the song manages to keep the, um, I'm going to butcher my German here, I think, uh, Bergentrucken um, at the beginning, uh, the really soft violin and piano. It's really beautiful and it's just, that, that reminds me of the time where Asgore just turns around and smiles and looks at you and says, you can do what you want. Like, we don't, he just, I don't think he says we don't need to fight, but it's along those lines. And I was really struck because, yeah, like all of the arrangements of Asgore are or many of them are quite upbeat and quite heavy, but I think this maybe captures the mood the best out of any arrangement I've heard. And Laura Platt's stuff is really good. Like she, her album is full of all of these like reorchestrations and a lot of them are a lot softer or a lot more somber. Um, some of them keep their kind of regal or more powerful tones, but I think this in particular manages to balance the two really well and um, yeah I was completely stunned when I heard it and that fight makes me really emotional anyway just because of the situation and especially if you've done all three endings and played it on a different system and you're trying to deny that you've ever done the genocide route like I am five years later so it's uh yeah I think it's really beautiful and I'm glad that you got the same impression out of it than I did. I think there's with this track, um, I really like the fact that for the video that Laura Platt did, um, she had used the, you know, iconic image of, um, you know, the castle from Undertale, like, you know, where it looks like the sort of um, Disney World-esque uh, <laughs> backdrop. And that's kind of the the emotion that I get. It's It's this feeling that Asgore is trying to protect something that's sacred to him the way that like some people hold um, Disney <laughs> sacred to them, or at least their their ideation of um, of Disney and how like this this idea of magic and wonder and such. And it kind of feels like that when you mentioned that this is what Asgore hears um, you know during the fight. That, I feel like that's kind of representative of it. It's this, through this song and through this remix, we're hearing and seeing what we could not have seen when we were playing through the game. And it does such a wonderful job of flipping that script and giving us a different perspective on the way we're interacting with this fight and the way we're interacting with this character as well. Yeah, I mean, Undertale at the end of the day is like, the, especially the pacifist route is a game about kindness, isn't it? And we never really get to see the other side of things, even if we do make these lifelong friends in this game. And, you know, the 
I think even um, Sans really doesn't, he's another character who just doesn't want to fight you. Toriel doesn't want to fight you and she, um, Laura Platt's got all of these rearrangements that sort of do that similar thing with all of them. Like there's an arrangement with, um, it's a mix between Asgore and Toriel's theme, which I can't remember the name off of the top of my head. And it's just so soft and warm and it reminds you like these animals or these monsters were all lived together and been through stuff together and yeah I think it's just really great I really love the album and highly recommend it and if you've got Fallen or listen to Fallen then you can hear it on there as well which is just a fantastic album as well yeah okay well I talked about the last track first so who wants to talk about this bird thing <laughs> um, sure yeah go ahead you sure? Um, okay. Uh, so, yeah, I love this album and I love this song. And actually, before we recorded, I was thinking about submitting another vocal track from Fallen, which was, I think it's called Temmy Blues or something. It's another silly vocal track, which it basically narrates one very small scene in the game. And this track about the inner monologue... Um, I mean, this bird sequence in-game is such a small moment, but it's mem it's so memorable to me because of just how bizarre it is. Like, some bizarre stuff's happened in the game already, but this is, like, a new level of tiny gap with a duck carrying you over some little hole. And this song, the first thing that came into my head when I first heard it is this sounds like a theatre kid's kind of interpretation of the whole situation, like a soliloquy-style, like... <laughs> You know, what am I doing? Why? What's my purpose? Oh, look, there's a friend here. Let's go. Be my best friend. I'll do whatever you want for you. Oh, no, I've lost all my purpose kind of things. It goes through the whole motion of, like, trying to find, like, establish the character, trying to find meaning, finding meaning, doing whatever they want to do, and then realizing that, oh, it's all over and my purpose has been fulfilled. What do I do now? And I love that shift in the lyrics where... Um, the bird or the the vocalist um they are kind of like oh i you know i kind of miss being over there and oh actually the gap wasn't as big as i thought it was and then they suddenly go oh but hang on where are you going like there's that sudden shift in tone and then it it veers between like silly and sad and it just makes me smile it's a really fun track and i mean materia's albums tend to be like that they tend to have some really fun vocal tracks in there and this is a really great example of some of the stuff that their own collaborators get together and do so when i first so mike when you first showed this song i had completely forgotten about the bird like i had i had not remembered um you know the bird crossing the gap and so when i was listening to this i just i guess i wasn't really um fully possessed of that mind and that memory and so I was just thinking about this as like um, as it could be uh, Toriel singing it in some way um, talking about you know the character and being like wait where are you going and everything and how Toriel tries to make uh, player characters stay and um, and it is very um, it is very theater kitty it's very it's got this very um desperate quality to it it's got this um it's got this sort of uh very early like i'm just 
I'm just learning to sing quality. Not that the singer themselves is learning to sing, but the way that they present it. It's kind of like the bird, where the bird is feeling like it's flapping its wings for the first time. Um, and I really like that quality of it. I think it's a really, I think it's a really fun track. Well, I, I'm glad you guys did. The, the, the first thing I wrote down in my, my notes for this song was an apology. Because, <laughs> well, because, you know, I, I said it at the beginning of the show, but like, especially now, like, because we're, we're changing the format a little bit, or at least shortening it so we're not having, you know, 12 to 15 tracks on every episode, that we're more limited like it was always tricky before on rhythm encounter it's like you if you have a topic you really like you're like okay you might have 10 songs you want to bring on but you have to narrow it down to like three or four now we have to narrow it down to two per person so i i i was kind of pressuring myself a little bit it's like okay if i'm only going to bring two like i probably should bring two like serious songs that really say like these are some great musical things from undertale maybe half of my contribution shouldn't be kind of a joke song but I just, I like the little bird scene way too much that I had to do it. Um, you know, I, I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because the sprite is cute. I don't know if it's because Toby Fox composed this, like, you know, nine-second song only for this moment and nothing else in the game. Um, there's just something so endearing about it. It's and, so and, memorable. And the, so. sing, the singer also helps because I know Bonnie, I'm not sure how many other... I wish I had looked at this before now. Um, album she's done, but I know that I just recently reviewed a, a Chrono Trigger album by Materia Collective, and she also did vocals on several of those tracks. In fact, she did a vocal version of Ayla's theme, which was one of the things I think I mentioned in my review. So, like, she's just a great singer, and between that one and this one, I, I think she has some good range, and she has good range she has a good singing voice but she also has some pretty solid like comedic timing which works for both of those songs so but I, i'm glad you guys liked it because again it's it's a little silly especially compared to some of the other songs we have but i don't know i love that bird yeah you don't need to be sorry i mean like i think the coolest thing about rhythm is how varied we can get with the track list like you know, we've had an opening song, a sad rendition of a boss theme, and a jokey song that's sort of based off of a nine-second arrangement, like, song from the soundtrack, and, you know, I think that's the real beauty of it. And again, it just, like, shows you how, like, Undertale's soundtrack is so good. And I was thinking, like, of other things, like Dog Bass and, um, oh, what's the Temi Shop called? I think it's just called Temi Shop, isn't it? There are other, like, shorter tracks. But there are also, like, tons of tracks on the album that have really long names like this one i think the i think it's just mono it's bird waiting on the edge isn't it or something like that and there's another one that's about riding an elevator which is literally just the elevator noise it's all it is <laughs> and then there's the hotel one which i think is the longest name of a track i've ever seen on a soundtrack and there's just all these moments where i Sometimes I can just look at the track name and I will remember the specific scene. And like, this is one of those things like, oh yeah, it's that bit where, you know, if you've got an umbrella, the bird will be like an umbrella and a bird that doesn't mix or something like that. And then there's the dog based thing, which I'll always remember the two dogs circling you. That's the only <laughs> thing I ever remember. So I think, yeah, like 
irrespective of it being a silly song, it's still really powerful because it still invokes that same scene. Like, this is a minor, minor, minor character in a game that somebody's thought, oh, I'll write a song about this thing. And, you know, it's it's probably memed to death because many things about Undertale are. And, um, but it's just so memorable and so, so fun. Like, it's nice that people are having fun with the game outside of the game and doing things with it like this song. Yeah, okay. Well, well said. Alright, are we are we ready for block two? Let's get blocking. Alright. So well, I'll talk about this the song a little more later. So the second block we're gonna start with my other pick, which is his theme by Senpai. I assume that's how it's meant to be pronounced. <laughs> Um, this is from the Straight from the Underground arrangement album for Undertale. A lot of good stuff on there. Um, and then after that, uh, Joe has our next track. Next track is the 100th track on the Undertale OST, and it is the aforementioned Megalovania. All right, and then Alana has our almost final track of the day. Almost like a bit of a palate cleanser after Megalovania. Um, so this is Waterfall. Uh, it's from the album Undertale and Chill by Jonas Monk Limbo. And I think after you've had a bad time, I can't think of a better song to listen to afterwards. I think you're right. All right, well, let's get listening and then we'll talk about them after.
so yeah, this um, his theme, uh, which Mike brought, um, I just, when I was listening to this track, I was just reminded of like raves that I've gone to and such, you know, it's a very easy, it's a very easy grab to be like, oh yeah, raves. Um, but you know, when we're in a year where we're not really doing that so much, um, it really just evoked <laughs> emotions of like, a very, uh, very much rose-tinted glasses at raves of just um, being like, oh, I was so into the music and oh, they pulled out this remix. And I remember being so sweaty and being super dehydrated and just not really caring because the music is just so good. And that's just what a good beat can do to you. It just, you just kind of forget everything else in the world, sometimes to your own detriment. But that's how um, this song made me feel when listening to it, especially at a time when I'm super nostalgic for those feelings. Right, yeah. Like, I'm really glad you said Rose Tinted because that's kind of how I saw this song. And like, I love this kind of music, but part of me was a bit like, I'm not sure if this fits. But after thinking about it for a while, like his this particular rendition of his theme is kind of a mix or a mashup between his theme and Save the World, I think. And it's way more positive. Like that fight is quite difficult with, I don't want to spoil anything because it's like char certain characters are coming to terms with things and realizing everything they've done wrong. Um, so this is a really strange subversion of that because his theme is quite a sad song but it's also quite reflective and quite like it's not defeatist but it's definitely a bit more oh like i've got you know i've got to give up to a degree but also i've got to keep on going and this like initially didn't fit for me like i like it and i think it's a really easy listen track but i love i do also like the way that it uses like the in-game sounds for like taking damage and doing hits and using items and things like that um but yeah I, d I really struggled to come up with a lot to say about this because i think it didn't mesh with the themes of the original in any way like the the main track and the fight but that might just be me letting my judgment cloud things because i do think it it'd definitely be the kind of song that i would if it came on in a rave i would be very much out there and very much first in but yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what Mike has to say because I need a bit of con like swaying. <laughs> All I have to say so far is you kids keep talking about this rave thing. What's a rave? No. Um, <laughs> you, you've probably been to a rave more like no in, more recently than I have. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, no. Okay, I'm not actually that out of touch. I do know what they are. I have actually not been to one, but I I, I do know what they are. Just to be clear. Um, I see, I, I guess if we're looking at this track specifically as this track, you're right that it doesn't fit, but it's kind of, it's interesting. It's, it's his theme, but it kind of takes the tone of the songs like leading up to it. Cause it feels a lot like hopes and dreams. Like, I think, it, right. I think it has that energy, even though it's, it's in a, maybe an unsurprising or a surprising place. Cause by the time you get to this point, cause what, there's what, three or four? at least three or four songs in that sequence in the game. Mm. And I think anyway, and like, this is, you know, the end of it. So you, normally you're coming down here, but I don't know. I, I think it's interesting because it does, it does take the energy of hopes and dreams and 
whatever the other songs are that sequence <laughs> so maybe it doesn't fit this particular song as we used to hear it but it does still give me good memories of that that whole scene and well it's a scene like like you said like we can't really talk about too much without spoiling it yeah but, and actually um, now that yeah sorry um now that you say it like thinking about that whole sequence does help a little bit because this is this plays in the pacifist ending which is kind of i guess it's the good ending because it's where humans and monsters come together and actually if you think of it that way it is quite a celebratory song then isn't it like oh we've done it like we've stopped everything we don't need like frisk or the main character doesn't need to things don't need to happen the way that they might happen or you know i'm trying to skirt around the spoilers <laughs> and it's really hard because i know it so well and um yeah it is quite a celebratory track actually now that i think about it and i do remember the scenes especially when this particular song his theme starts playing where all the characters start coming onto the screen and that's really empowering and i think it captures that part of it really well so maybe i spoke a little bit out of turn but yeah now that you say like oh it combines all four of them i think that's probably a way better way of looking at it than just saying oh it's just trying to do this with this song so i stand corrected slightly slightly only slightly yeah <laughs> so speaking of upbeat joe has a song that amazingly never made it on the show before and again i know we couldn't really fit the entire soundtrack in music of the year in back in 2015 when we featured this a lot but it's it's a little surprising this one wasn't on there before so i'm glad we have it today yeah me too i mean what do you say about megalovania the i mean it's pretty legendary i mean it has its roots way back when toby fox you did a halloween hack of earthbound um and it's even appeared in homestark and the song itself is i believe based on and God, I don't actually know how you pronounce this game. Um, Live Alive, it's based on Megalomania and the Godabadora from Brandish 2. So those are two inspirations he got for it. And yeah, like this is, this. every time this comes on, like I feel like my hands start sweating and I get like RSI because I remember how hard this fight is. It just brings back those memories every time and it's such it's such a well-known track and i think rightly so because again like undertale goes through all these like tonal shifts but there's no other track like megalovania at all like it captures that idea in the genocide run that you have totally lost your mind by doing what you're doing also the character you're fighting has lost their mind because I don't think it's a spoiler to say that the genocide run involves a lot of killing and a lot of killing at your hand and i think it captures that kind of anger and frustration like you know when you're so angry that your eyes cloud over and you can't think of what you're doing that's what megalovania to me is but it's also so damn good like i just want to bop to it every time it's on yep i um well, un unlike you, Alana, I, I have not done a genocide run, and I don't think I ever could. <laughs> um, I watched a stream of it, obviously, which, you know, 
anyone who's watched a stream of it knows that there is there is a bit of dialogue in the game referencing people who are watching the stream but don't have the guts to actually do it. And, you know, I admit it. I'm not going to do it. But um, it, I decided that, you know, if, if you're going to have to have this particular fight in, in the game, like, this is the right song for it. You know, and uh, as you said, it's it's very very popular. I uh, I didn't actually realize the the backstory of it because apparently I don't do my research like you do on these songs. So that <laughs> that was interesting to hear. I do know I like it enough that when I I redid my like exercise and walking playlist a couple years ago that it I at least used it as the base of my playlist. So my, my walking oh. playlist is actually called Walkalomania because, I don't know, I wanted to amuse myself. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else I can say that you hadn't. It, it's a great song. It's it's a hard fight to watch. But, um, yeah, good stuff. Good choice. So I also have not um, done the genocide run um, because, one, I don't, I don't know if I have the heart for it. Alana, you're just... You're just more powerful than me. Um, but also, the two times that I've played Undertale um, have both been in less than ideal playing environments. One was on a Mac without a mouse. Um, and the other time is on my Switch, which is currently experiencing Joy-Con drift. Um, so I was like, yeah, I don't think I'd be able to do this fight that um, Megalovania is introduced in. Um, I adore this song. I think it is, um, I mean, it is, it is scary. It's just completely filled with pent up frustration. And it's basically like, like the, the track Megalomania from, uh, Live a Live. Um, if that, yeah, I also don't know how that's pronounced, uh, because it's never been localized. Bring it over. Um, but, um, it's the combination of that with, more prog rock elements and prog rock is so dorky in the best way i like it was something that i i felt like i needed to get over myself um a bit and take life a little less seriously to like really love prog rock and um megalovania feels it, it reminds me a lot of that where if you kind of just Give, if you kind of give into this track and what it's trying to accomplish, there's so much there. There's so much incredible usage of leitmotif. There's so much in here that is just absolute maximalism, but confined within this chiptune soundtrack. And there are, you know, sound channels and such that I'm sure you could not, um, not that I'm sure, you definitely cannot reproduce on an NES sound chip or anything even close to that, but it still evokes that. It's kind of like that whole idea of um, what Shovel Knight was built on, of make it nostalgic, but do things a little bit better, as we brought up the rose-tinted glasses again. Um, that's kind of what Megalovania is, I think. Yeah, I like the way that you talk about prog rock as, you know, you've got to let go a little bit, and it is a little bit goofy, because actually thinking about it, this is definitely the kind of song that the character who does not take things seriously would listen to, or at least appears to not take things seriously. Yeah, like, you have to, like, you have to lose, like, a little bit of, you know, highfalutin 
self-esteem to like really dig Genesis or like or <laughs> King Crimson or something. Um, so <laughs> that's kind of yeah. I, I definitely feel that towards this track and how it kind of plays for for um, the player character as well. All right. Well, I, I think I think after Megalovania we need to like calm down a little bit. So thankfully we have we have Alana with a great track to mostly close out the show with now so what do you have here um so i love waterfall and i've harped on again about tonal shifts but i feel like when you go to the waterfall it's the first time where things start to feel off like waterfall itself in the game is a really sinister but mysterious track you're being chased by a character you're trying to get out of the underground and I think it's probably my favorite place in the game. Like, I think it's really beautiful. It's full of really, really gorgeous color work. And I love those blue lights and the mushrooms. And I think this really captures, I think it like, um, Jonas's like remix of it definitely still captures that mystery and that kind of uncertainty about it. But it feels like this version of the song that you'd play either if you return to the ruins or later on in the game, or on a pacifist run style, because it's definitely much more upbeat. Um, in the game, the song gets more intense the further on you get through the dungeon or the area, and it does that a little bit here, because I think the beginning of it is really, really sweet. Like, it starts off with a little flick of the piano keys, and then it goes into the slower lo-fi beats, and yes, this is me inserting lo-fi into the podcast. Hello. Um, but Please do. I... <laughs> yeah I really I think that whole album this kind of stands out to me on that album because Waterfall feels like a bit of an underappreciated track and I don't love using that term but I think because it's a rearrangement of Ruins which is the very first dungeon in the game which is a very upbeat sounding song and a very like curious mysteriousness rather than a kind of unsettling mysteriousness but I just love that I, I love something about repetitive beats and something that sounds really soft and this just really really captures the ambience of like an easier post I've gotten past this character bit like when you go back to go and see the Temmies or when you ride the boat or something like that it just feels like a it feels like an idyllic waterfall I would say there's there's a closeness and a um, there's a real intimacy to the original track um, that I feel like this remix really brings out to incredible effect. And um, yeah, I'm I'm from Chicago. I'm not the most like chill <laughs> person. <laughs> a lot of the time, I some might say I lack chill, um, but this track I think just captures and forms what Waterfall was doing in the first place in a different way and in a different context. You know, this, the field recordings that they have and the hiss that plays in the background of it, it's deeply melancholic um, and just gorgeous, really. It, it's a feeling of, it's a feeling of a breather in a way, but it's not a, uh, it's not really a breath of fresh air. It's 
a it's a catching your breath after a moment of in, of just adrenaline fueled uh, <laughs> nightmares at times. <laughs> Definitely, and actually, I think this is this area is the midpoint of the game, roughly as well. So calling it like a moment of take like taking your breath and bracing yourself for the rest of the game is actually a really good observation that i hadn't thought about at the time so i like that yeah me too i, I like it a lot because it's it's a good place or a good soundtrack or song to uh take your breath if you have like i don't know like let's say you run a, an rpg website that has been down for a week for various technical <laughs> reasons and you need a breather so um th this song actually came into my life at a really good time <laughs> It sounds like you're speaking from personal experience or something. No, no, I don't. Yeah. I don't run an RPG site that's been down for a week because we have a completely terrible host. No, that's definitely <laughs> not the case. Um, <laughs> anyway, as for the song itself, I, I love this. I, I sometime last year, um, part of it, part of it is my girlfriend. I will admit, but I started really getting into lo-fi stuff on YouTube. Um, whether it's for for work or just whatever reason, usually it's for work because I want a good soundtrack for work that doesn't get in the way but kind of puts me in like a good headspace so i've been listening to that a lot there's um i actually kind of i think i might put some links in the show notes for this but there's this series and i, I can't remember the the youtuber who does it they have like lo-fi for like different creatures so like there's a there's a lo-fi for vampires there's a we actually just discovered there's lo-fi <laughs> for mermaids which you know i don't know why it's called that exactly but it's just good stuff and you know th this kind of song this album would would fit really well for that so and i had i hadn't heard this this arrangement or any of this album until you mentioned this alana and i i admit that i went i bought the album just based on this song so i assume the rest is good too but it, it's it's really good although and again we will have links for this in the show notes but it's mildly tricky to find only because there are two albums out there called undertale and chill yeah and i'm sure they are both good there's there's an ep by tiny waves which i think is on Bandcamp, which is the first one i found and then there's also this one by jonas that's on different storefronts so i mean you know me i, I say buy all of them and listen to them and support everyone but just if if you're looking it there are two with the name um but yeah yeah good song um i think it's the right right theme to like close the show with we had a nice roller coaster of emotions and musical styles here so I, i'm really glad you brought this one on and introduced our listeners but also you know us to this album i'm glad it's such a good album yeah definitely feel you with like i'm not a chill person either i get stressed very easily so lo-fi definitely sits in my playlist very frequently and i'm always a better writer for it i think as well like definitely if i need to just zone out and listen to something really soft then this is what i'd go for and actually i'm one of these people who sometimes puts like the rain track on in the background of anything i'm listening to so and it works here as well like you can hear essentially the waterfall running very and it sounds like crackling um but yeah I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. All right. So now we're at the point where I have to remember how to do this whole outro thing since it's been, you know, three and a half years since I did it. So this was episode 52. 
coming next in about two weeks will be episode 53, which we don't actually have a title for it yet, but it's going to be music for working out. And that's a, a theme that our retro encounter master, Michael Solosi, actually pitched several years ago uh, before the show went on hiatus. So it's, I think he's been waiting to do that for a long time. So I'm excited about that. And it's not exactly what you think about music for working out. He has a he has a certain uh, well gimmick to it, I guess, that I think will be make for a really interesting show. So look forward to that one. Um, if you have thoughts on the show, if you have ideas for future topics or just any kind of commentary, um, you can email us at music at rpgfan.com. And of course, on the site now, you can also you can comment on our post. You can get in touch with us on social media, all of that stuff. Um, our our track lists for the episode, historically, we've always had them on the site. Um, so we're going to have the track list on the post. So if you want to see all the songs that were in here, you can go to our post on RPGFan.com. And the link to the post will be in the show notes. Um, also in the show notes, though, we want to expand a little more because the whole point of Rhythm Encounter and our music section is to introduce people to music and also give you easy ways to like support these artists and listen to their stuff so whenever we can we're going to link to our reviews or coverage of any of these albums otherwise we have links to vgmdb but we're also going to start putting links to places you can either buy or stream all of these albums so again all of that is in show notes so anything we can find whether they're on bandcamp or spotify or itunes all of that so please you know However you can or want to, any any of the stuff you like, like go through and listen and support these artists because there's so much good stuff out there. Um, so there's a couple other things to get to, but really quick, um, how do you guys want people to get in touch with you? If anyone wants to reach out to our hosts in particular, um, me, you can technically reach me on Twitter, but I don't really go there much so it's probably best if you wanted to say something to me to just email me at mike at rpgfan.com and then alana yeah so twitter is the best place to get hold of me uh you can find me at at alana hagues or on rpg fans discord i am alana on there uh, if you do want to email though i have an address it is alana h at rpgfan.com so i'd love to hear from you and you know let me know what you think of the albums if you buy them because i think they're all really great and if you're a big undertale fan as well like we are um and i'd love to hear what you think about the game and how excited you are for delta rune because i'm excited for delta rune whenever that is coming and you can find me on rpg fan social media accounts usually on twitter and instagram um but you can also find me personally on twitter instagram and discord as at Eva least. Okay, so we have one more reminder and then we will finish up our show here. So, you know, it's it's been a while since Rhythm Encounter was around, so obviously our we might not show up as frequently on podcast channels, though obviously we we hope to revitalize that a bit. And if you can, if you want to help us out, um, please do you know, rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you know, whatever platform you're using that you can, um, because that, you know, those subscriber numbers and review counts, like all lead up to like discoverability of 
any given show. So any support you can give us there will help more people find the show. So I thank you ahead of time for anything you can do on that front. All right, so now we're at the end and one tradition from the uh, show before that we are gonna keep is we're still gonna do bonus tracks whenever we can. So today to actually close out the show officially, Joe brought a bonus track that we actually still don't know what it is. So we're actually all gonna learn about it at the same time right now. So what do you have for us, Joe? So I have Ecartic City from the Pokemon Gold, Silver, and Crystal OST composed and arranged by Go Ichinose, which doesn't seem to be kind of related to the topic at hand, but for me it is, um, because when I first played Undertale, I had never played an 8 or 16-bit game uh, before, <laughs> surprisingly, and I had really no basis of knowledge for the kind of music that was playing in this game. The only thing I could really tie it back to was the Pokemon games that I had played when I was younger. Because um, at the time I wasn't really playing many RPGs, I was still kind of playing a lot of sports games. Like Even in 2015 my most played game was probably FIFA. <laughs> um, so this track I feel like has a linkage with its nostalgic feeling to Undertale. and. When I was playing Undertale, it evoked these feelings of a time in my childhood where I don't think I could have felt any more happy. Um, just sitting, playing uh, Pokemon Crystal on my Game Boy. And I think that's something that Undertale both thrives on and subverts. It loves your nostalgia. It's built on nostalgia, but it also has new ways to forge forward and make a new path. So this is Acrotique City from Pokemon Gold and Silver. Wow, that that is an unexpected and great pick. So thanks for that. All right, so we'll close out with that song now. And, you know, thank you so much to both of you for being here. And thanks everyone for listening.
Oh, yeah, I should do the honk. You, yeah, if you're going to start, you should do oh, the honk. Oh, no. Again? <laughs> or we can make Alana do it. Yes. I, I, I call in Alana. To... I'll, okay. do, do I'll do a honk. Okay. I'm, I'm up for it. All right. If we're ready to go. Yep. Let's do it. <laughs>